570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And the train keeps moving. We continue on with George Reister in for Fred Rogan today. And let's get back to our Dodgers, our boys in blue. Um, We are still on the Max Scherzer watch today. It could happen at any moment. We'll figure out what team uh, or if any team acquires Max Scherzer. He said he wants to play in the NL West. The Giants, the Padres, the Dodgers are likely destinations for Max. So we will find out. And also, we want to take your, we want to take some of your calls. And the question is, are you willing to give up top-level prospects for a rental? And who better to answer that question than the man that did sit in the big chair? He is the author of the big chair. He's the co-host of the post-game Dodger Talk on AM570. And he's a Dodger analyst for Sportsnet LA, my good friend, Ned Coletti. Ned, how are you? Doing okay, Rodney. Good to talk to you. And George, hello there. Yes, sir. Uh, All right, Ned. So we're on the Scherzer watch, man. And, um, you know, I guess the question I threw out there is, is are are you willing to give up some top-level prospects uh, to sign Max Scherzer for the rest of the season with no guarantee you can uh, sign him long-term? Well, you're going to have to – obviously, that's a tough, tough call. But we have to realize that Andrew Friedman and the staff know far more about the health of the crew and what the pitching staff is going to look like going forward. This team is, is built to win and built to win now, so to speak. Um, you get a chance to acquire somebody like that, I think you're going to have to go all in. Trades like this are supposed to hurt. You know, and they've got more catching prospects if they're talking about moving Ruiz. Um, so it's one of those tough, tough calls. But when you got a chance to win, I was part a long time ago. You got a chance to win, you better take that chance. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, and it's not just for, for any guy, it's a guy that has been dominant in his career. So he could definitely help the Dodgers. Um, all right, Ned. So, so last night, you know, it, it, it feels like that was kind of. A little bit of the epitome of the Dodgers' season so far. You know, they moved Belly to first base. He got a little hamstring issue. They didn't want him overextending himself uh, in center field, I guess, so they put him at first base. Uh, big play comes in at the end of the game, and he makes an errant throw uh, to, to allow the go-ahead run to go in and score. The Dodgers end up losing. Um, it just feels like this is – this continues to go on, and these games at the Dodgers, we're so used to them winning tight ball games where they wear you out and they wait for you, the other opposing team, to make mistakes. And now, late in games, it's the Dodgers that are making the mistakes, Ned. Yeah, well, it's no doubt. I mean, last night was, was really a bizarre um, eighth inning for both clubs. Uh, I thought the Dodgers had opportunity. I think when we look at really the last week or so, and we, we look at the, some of the frustration that the Dodgers have faced against San Francisco. To me, some of it is when you have a chance to add on to the score and put more runs across, 
They haven't been able to do it, especially late. I mean, you got a leadoff single last night in the eighth by Rayleigh. Now you got Zach McKinsey hitting, uh, does not try to lay down a bunt. You lay down a bunt. I know nobody wants to bunt anymore, but 90 feet's 90 feet. Yeah. And you got to top your order coming up to change the whole dynamic of that inning if, if you're going to advance the runner along. And you know, if you advance your runner along, things change. Now, on the Bellinger play, I thought that when, when you, and you know this, Ronnie, as a quarterback, when you, when you double pump, you know, you, yeah. you better hang to the ball. There's a chance that when you make that first, because he did fake the second base, when you make that move, there's a chance the ball could not be in the same place in the glove or in your hand as if you didn't do that. And when you think about him and thinking about that and then changing direction to go to third, and I thought it was a great read at third base, because Posey had, had taken five or six steps towards home plate and his momentum was going in that direction. I thought the idea of that throw was a good one, that he didn't execute it, and that Max Muncy inadvertently, I thought, got in his line of vision just for a split second. And, and maybe, you know, Cody on the postgame show said that he – that he just let, uh, let it fly type of thing and that he uh, slipped, up, slipped a little bit. I don't know if, if that was accurate or if, it, if he did see Max and, and kind of had to readjust in a split second. Because if you look at the video tightly, Max is almost, almost in the lane of the throw. And the throw would have been from about 15 feet and his glove wasn't up. It, it, it may have been a really dangerous throw at that point in time with Max. So... But again, you got to capitalize when you got a chance offensively. Takes pressure off your defense, also takes pressure off your pitching staff. You got to put it to the other team when you got a chance to do it. Yeah, and as a Dodgers fan, I I, I got to be honest. When whenever we see, whenever I see a game against the Giants or the Padres, I'm like, oh brother, like it's. I still think the Dodgers are better than them. But there have been obvious struggles against those teams this year, which which is super frustrating as a fan. What do you think has been causing that versus the success against everybody else? Well, George, first of all, thanks for playing the role of Fred today. That was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was channel, yeah, channeling my inner Rogan. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, you're talking about good teams. Maybe the three best teams in the league. Uh, maybe the three best teams in baseball. And so the competition gets gets amped up, and it's no longer the Padres who were losing 100 games or the Giants who were losing 100 games. Those teams are gone. So now you got competition. And if you've been the Dodgers winning eight straight divisions, going to World Series three times in the last few years, and winning one of them, everybody wants you. You know, everybody wants to beat that team, and everybody's is going to play as precisely as they can. I think if you look back at games against the Padres and the Giants, they have made very, very few mistakes. And if you go back two years and up to maybe seven or eight years, that was not always the case. In the meantime, you got a Dodgers team that's pretty well banged up. A lot of guys are missing, so you got a lot of young guys playing. I think there's a, there's a big difference between being one young player in a lineup with eight regulars than it is being a young player with four regulars and I think that that puts a different little pressure a little little bit more of a hey you know it is going to fall to me at some point in time to get this thing done and I think that a lot of the Dodgers success is that the the eight guys the regulars that you run out there are so good so talented that yeah you got to mix in a young kid from time to time 
it's no problem. You got enough support around that young player. Let them get their feet wet. Suddenly, when you make them the focus of it, sometimes it takes a little while to work that out. But I think you know that's a long answer to the question. But you know, you watch San Francisco, you watch San Diego. They don't make very many mistakes, and and, the, and so they got they play it as tight as they can against LA. Yeah, and that's the thing the Dodgers have, have banked on for a number of years, Ned. We touched on this all the time is the Dodgers wear you out, wear you out, and then eventually you can't sustain it, and the Dodgers ended up end up winning. And now it feels like it's going the opposite way for the Dodgers. But 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 sports are, are beautiful in this way, Ned, because as bad as it feels for Dodgers and Dodger fans, you know, it's still only three games back of the Giants. And as you know, one one series, just like a hitter, one at bat that changes everything, gets you out of a slump, one little thing or one big win can change the trajectory of, of your season or the rest of the season. Is it that close for the Dodgers as, is, is it, that they can get on a roll like this? Or is it this is something we're dealing with and we don't have everybody back healthy and we got to get everybody back healthy before anything good starts to happen? Or is it something small like, hey, a couple wins, it, it could change everything. We get on a roll and, and the rest is history. Well, I, I think it's, it's probably bigger than, than the, second, uh, the second example. I think this next week is going to be a very, very key week, maybe a week to 10 days. No team in baseball is going to be able to acquire a Mookie Betts, a Corey Seager, a, a healthy Bellinger, a healthy Kershaw. Nobody's going to be able to do that. So you've got that in reserve. You've also got the trading deadline. And as hard as San Francisco has played, and I've seen this many times, you have a team that has played as hard as that team has played. If somebody doesn't walk in that room on the th- by the 30th of July, somebody of prominence, somebody that is a difference maker, those players may look around and go, what do we do this for, you know? I mean, it's going to take extra effort for them to continue to keep the pace. I watched Gosman's game the other night. He's starting to struggle just to touch Alex Wood, you know, old, old favorite here for a lot of us, but his last start was not that good. So, you know, to me, they have played it about as strong as they could play it through 100, 100 plus games. Okay. They got four games up in hand on the Dodgers in the lost column, plus two games in hand. So they're in a decent spot there. But I think more than anything, they need to add a difference maker. I think the Dodgers are going to get difference makers back, and they may, in fact, add another one or two in the next three, four days. To, to really put them over the top. So this the baseball season is such a long, trying, grinding thing. It just it just it separates everybody. And when you get to separate when you get to September, you know the, the the veterans play and the guys who know what they're doing are playing, and the rest of the guys go home. And I think that the, that does also sit, I believe, in the Dodgers' hands. You've got guys that have been through eight division championships on this club in seven and six and five and four and three and two and one. You don't really have anybody like that on San Diego. Maybe a veteran or two that they've acquired. Giants, same thing. Maybe a veteran or two that they've picked up along the way. But not the collective club. And when this team does get get a little bit healthier and then a lot healthier, nobody's going to match them. That they have the record they have with as many injuries as they've had and with Mookie not being as, as – as prominent a player as he was a year ago, and Bellinger, and I mean, it's it's it could be a mismatch if they get everybody right. So I think the next week to ten days is going to tell a lot of the story, more of it off the field than on the field. Who you add, what your team looks like. 
what the IL list looks like, and who walks into a room. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the not only the present of this future, uh, the the present of this Dodgers team, but the future because they are tied to a couple of really big contracts, and they have to pay a few more guys too. Um, how do you balance trying to win now versus with with a roster that's built to win now versus saying we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're mortgaging the future? Well, you can you can always say no and figure out a reason to say no. That's easy. It's saying no. We're going to go for it. Yes, we are going to make a move. Yes, we're going to trade a high end prospect. Prospects are, are, are really good minor league players is what they are, and they may end up being all-stars in the big leagues. But until you get to that time, nobody cares if you win AAA or you win AA. You've got to win the big leagues, and you've got a chance here with a special group, special place and time to do it. And they've, been, they've done well with their drafts and their international signings, so you go out and you, and you figure out okay. how you're going to keep that going. You've got to continue to keep that the pipeline full of players, and, they, and they've done a great job of doing it. And they got a really good young, if you're talking about Ruiz again, they got a really good young catcher in Will Smith. And they got another kid sitting that they just signed out of Venezuela a couple of years ago, plus Austin Barnes. That's not an old position for them. That's not something that they cannot replace in time. Yeah, and Ned, before we let you go, I, I just, because uh, we're talking about, you know, trading and the top prospects, young guys, and we're still on the Max Scherzer watch. He's come out and said, you know, the teams that I'd like to go to are the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Um, as a guy that sat there in that chair, Ned, how much is it about uh, we want the guy and we're trying to go all out to get him to win now, uh, and then how much does it we got to get him because we don't want the Padres or the Giants to get him? Well, it's, you're right. It's a, it's, a, it's a unique situation. Most of the time, I would never worry about what some other team was doing because that, you, know, you can't really control that. You've got to worry about your own system. But that you've got three teams he's kind of circled that he would go to, and they happen to be all in the same division and all playing well, that does make it a little bit of a different dynamic. And, but from Thursday's standpoint, if he is prepared – to stay in Washington till the end of the season and then be a free agent. If he's if he's prepared for that, then he controls the rest. Okay, barring you know providing he's healthy, because he can say no to any club except yes to one, and so he controls that. And Mike Rizzo's trying to trade him, trying to probably put him in a winning situation, also trying to fortify his. His organization, which is due diligence and really what he's, what he's entrusted to do. But Scherzer, at the end of the day, if he's okay with saying, hey, you know, I don't care if it's the third best deal, Mr. Rizzo, I'm not going there, you know, or, or the third best deal is the place I'll go. If he's okay with doing that, then he kind of holds, holds the cards to what goes on. And, and curiously, and I've never really asked anybody about this, but if you're going to do that as a player and – you know, let's face it, some have. If, if you're going to do that and you're going to have a chance to stay in an organization, you don't want them trading their top prospects because that's going to be your organization, so to speak. Now, that's a layer or two down the road of, of thought process. 
but you know, you never know. And, you know, and he's represented by the best agent in baseball, Scott Boris. So Scott has got the greatest vision down the road of how, how dominoes will fall and how teams will look of any agent I ever did business with in, in 30, 35 years. So a lot of things going on behind closed doors this week and a lot of thought process. And if Scherzer is willing to just stay in Washington, he can really make the deal he wants as far as where he goes. And in some way, who they give up. Yeah. I guess an, a, a lot of sleepless nights in these next few days, huh, Ned? <laughs> the best time of the year, this in the World Series. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Hey, Ned, thanks for, thanks for joining us, man. Always great stuff. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. All right, Dodger fans, what would you do? Give us a call, 866-987-2570. Let us give you money. Your chance to win $1,000 is right now. Text the nationwide keyword. Fun to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Once again, that's fun to 200-200. Good luck. AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Bro, yo, it's Cruz, J. Cruz, Cruz Show, Real 92.3, Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete. Let's get back to it. Here we go. Oh, yeah, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. We're on the Max Scherzer watch. Maybe you can give us some of your thoughts. 866-987-2570. You know, my thought, George, is that you got a chance to go for it. Go for it. Especially a guy, a difference maker like Max. I I think you go for it. See, you know, and I I get the prospect. Hold on, George. But, I think but that- I don't want to mortgage the future. <laughs> like, 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 I'm, I'm all for. I am all for going all in on winning at this point in point in time. I also am like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, if if it's going to, if you can sign Scherzer long long term, then obviously that's a no brainer. But if you can't, if it's for sure just a one year rental. I, I I I think you run it out with uh what you got. Yeah, I, and that's a tough one. Is because, it, is it because, be a because what you have is good enough, but are you willing to pay that just to keep Scherzer away from the Giants or the Padres? See, that's the double, now, now now that's the other. That's the other question. piece of this thing is that yes, it may be a a rental, but you're also keeping him away from the Padres and the Giants who if they do get him I think any team that gets him is it's going to be a big time upgrade. But if they do get him, a teams that you've struggled with this year, and then you you're going to have to face in the playoffs, mm, that's that's a tough one to let them have if you can get him. And and look, they they've already lost Dustin May. Kershaw's coming back from injury. They're probably not going to get Trevor Bauer back. I mean, it's it's now. And and I guess you got to look at it too, George. If you're not going to get Trevor Bauer back, and there's you know there's a way to dump that salary, then you do have an opportunity to possibly get him long term. Yes, you know. Yeah. See now that now that's a big if, right? Because we've heard everything from the Dodgers players don't want Trevor Bauer back to some potentially do. I mean, there's a lot to be 
you know, unearthed in this situation. And if you're Trevor Bauer, right? I mean, let's let's really just put put everything on the table. If you're Trevor Bauer, who has an opt out after this season, and I think next year he makes forty four million or something, another huge number. But with all of this, are you going to opt out? Yeah. And you didn't basically play, but part of the let, let let's assume that he doesn't play anymore this season, and he doesn't go to jail, or there are no charges or anything like that. Are you opting out of that money? Oh, probably, probably. not. No. You're going to be like, nah, no. nah, nah. I'll be, no. I'll, I'll be back next season. Go blue. Yeah, exactly. Go blue. All right. What do you guys think? Are you willing to give up your top level prospects for a possible rental in Max Scherzer? Let's go, Miguel. Miguel, you're on AM five seventy LA Sports. What do you think, man? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you definitely give up uh, Ruiz for Max Scherzer. He's a big game pitcher, and we don't want to get into the uh, the one game playoff with the Padres because we won't be favored because they can run the bases better than us, and they have a better manager. And Dave Roberts, uh, at the end of the game, he doesn't know how to make good pitching decisions, and we're the worst team in extra innings. And so if we're in a one-game playoff playing the Padres, I don't like our chances with Dave Roberts as our manager. All right, Miguel, thanks for your call. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the more I think about this, George, it, it, it feels like, first of all, he, Max is, can be dominant, and – if we do get into, I don't want to get into the, the Dave Roberts situation because I'm totally opposing blaming Dave Roberts for for a lot of this. He certainly de- deserves some blame, but but not for all of this. These guys still got to go out and play. But I'm concerned if he does end up with the Giants or the Padres, what that could mean for the Dodgers. That's the that's the scary thing for me. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go, Isabel in Anaheim. Isabel, you're on AM five seventy LA Sport. What do you think, Isabel? Hey. Well, as a longtime Dodger fan, I hate to hate to get rid of Luis, but you know, if we have to do it, and it seems like we have to do it, I guess let's just go for it and let's see. I really don't want to see the Giants and probably get them. So yeah, I guess we're gonna have to do it. I don't think we got any other choice. So anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks, Isabel. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because one thing has been great for the Dodgers has been their starting pitching. I mean, we're talking yes. about Julio. We, we we've talked about Walker Bueller. Uh, even Kershaw, when he was there, have given you great outings, and it's been somewhat wasted uh, because their struggles late in games. And so, as we talked about, <laughs> you maybe letting those starters going deep, and Max Scherzer has proven as a guy that can go deep into games. Uh, you know, so uh, it it'll be interesting. I still lean on the feeling that I do not want to see him. Go to the Padres or the Giants. Let's get uh, let's get one more in real quick. Let's go, my man Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, you on AM five seventy LA Sports. Mitch, what do you think? Mitch, talk to me. How's it going, Ronnie? And who says you don't get any respect? You get you get enough respect. You should get more. Thank hey, you, Mitch. George. I hey. love you, dude. You're more like a three star. Football, football, basketball, and then sports talk. Let me get to my sports. I'm sorry. I don't want to see him do that trade. I don't want to see him give up the Ruiz. I'd be more interested in getting the Minnesota guy. Uh, but if we do get Max, uh, it really help us cause by one more player. Joey Gallo is on the market, so oh. but I've gone 
I've gone beyond what Kevin told me to. I'm sorry. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Enjoy the game. All right, Mitch. All right, Mitch. What did you do to him, Kevin? You gave him marching orders? What in the world? No, Mitch just wanted to. He <laughs> threw like 19 topics at me. Like, Mitch, just, just for the sake of today, just answer the question, brother. It's all good. All right. Well, no, I, we, we love Mitch. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody for, for listening. Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting watch in the next couple of days. As Ned said, this is a, this is a, the funnest time and the most nerve-wracking time for if you're a general manager or running baseball operations, and we will see. Again, I keep saying it over and over again. I don't want to see him on the Padres. I don't want to see him with the Giants. Going what we're going through right now, uh, it could be very, very difficult for the Dodgers. All right, training camp. Training camp is underway. Um, I remember my first one. I remember um, my last one. And they had changed during my time in the NFL. I'm sure they changed for you too, George. Um, I just want to hear a, a few things about your, your take on training camp and your thoughts, and I'll give you some of mine too on the other side. AM570, LA Sports. Break the dishware. <laughs> Don't flush the toilet. Oh, gross. Trample the flowers. Plain rude. Those are just some of the ways to disrespect someone in their own home. The Blue are in Oracle Park to take on the Giants tonight. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck kicks off at 5.30. Time to take back the West. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Oh, yeah, Rodney Pete, George Reister. Pumping it through on a Wednesday. Big flex. And when we flex, we had to bring the big guns in, my man George. Hey, George, since I have you here, man, I, I do, in the spirit of training camp opening, and obviously there's a lot of news going on with, you know, who is vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. We just heard from uh, Aaron Rodgers last hour about you know, what he was unhappy with and what he'd like to see. Um, during your days, George, just talk real quick, briefly about about your training camp experience uh, when you were a rookie, uh, what that was like for you when you made that transition from college to, to pro and the training camp. And I'm I'm a few years older than you, George, so I'm sure my story is a little bit different. But, <laughs> um, but I just want to hear from you and your story about training camp. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, what, what stood out for you? Well, the first thing is my first thing was when I left Eugene, Oregon to go to mini camp the first time, not even training camp. And I remember it was so freaking humid. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's like, we don't even have one patch yet. I think I'm going to die. And I remember that part of it. So the adjustment to the temperature and the, and the humidity was significant. But then in training camp, see, I was part of a, like a time in the NFL. So I was in from 2009, I'm sorry, 2003 to 2010. And it was, crazy because it was two a days at first where you practice twice a day you're at the stadium from like 6 30 in the morning to like eight o'clock at night and and you're practicing at like a 10 30 or 11 and like two or three the hottest parts of the day and then we actually and then my second or third year we had a couple players fall out and have to go to the hospital Ooh. and 
and that was not long after Corey. It was either the year after or the same year that Corey Stringer died mm. up in with, right. with with the Minnesota Vikings. And so the NFL was like, whoa, 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 none of that. So first thing they did uh, was they were like, okay, you guys can't practice twice a day. Well, you you can practice twice a day, but it's got to be early in the morning and late at late at night. But then when you think about the fact that players actually come in because the money's so different than it was 30 years before that, 20 years before that, when double days and triple days were invented, uh, players come in in shape. So you actually don't need that those two-a-days to get you back in football condition and shape because guys do a much better job of of training them themselves because the money's different. They don't have to go work jobs, all of these sorts of sorts of things. And then they changed it to where you couldn't have two practices a day. So then we would have a, a walkthrough in the morning and then practice in the evening, which was way better, way, way better. And now these dudes, they don't even practice every single day consecutively. There are no two practices a day. Dude, being an NFL, dude, if I got used to dread training camp and now you're like, oh, okay, it's camp. That's oh, fine. <laughs> yeah no no I, I i get you i my my experience was different because you, you said 2003 was your first year that was my second to last training camp uh of 2003 and i came in in 89 and was in detroit and again you know it's detroit it wasn't quite you know it was hot and it was humid because it gets that way but not like nowhere near like the south or or some of those places or even arizona where it gets you know 110 120 but the thing that stood out for me is in 89 you know I, I came in and there were guys older veteran guys that had been in the league 10 12 years so they were playing in the 70s and you know it was a whole different animal of guys playing in the 70s and then you carry over to to the 80 late 80s and 90s so a lot of that philosophy was the same and coming from USC and it was you know a, a great program in college that I that I came from it was definitely a rude awakening because I come to the, the Lions with some of these guys, like I said, were veterans. And in between practices, at meetings, guys were smoking, smoking cigarettes in the locker room, smoking cigarettes in the meeting rooms, you know, breaks in practices. They were smoking cigarettes on the side. They were just, it was just a whole different thing. And then even back then, you could. Like you mentioned, you know, training camp was like that for a lot of guys. It was the time that you got in shape because you came to training camp. Training camp was six weeks, and you spent the first two weeks getting in shape. And then yep. the last four weeks was when you started preseason games. Now, you know, you're the weekend of training camp, and you're already playing preseason games. Before, you didn't play a preseason game until two weeks in. And so guys did come in and get in shape. And, and, and hazing was allowed. That was a big thing that was allowed that got cut out my last couple of years in the league. Hazing was allowed and the rookie hazing was crazy. Mm -hmm. Guys getting taped up to the goalpost and I remember in Detroit they they would come and get the fire extinguisher and spray your room and your bed and your clothes and, and right, <laughs> right at curfew so you couldn't go to sleep and you know how hard it is. You know, sleep was so important yeah. man. You got to get that sleep in to get up and go work in the morning. Oh, my and gosh. So they would do that and spray and take your clothes and make you late for meetings on purpose. And the coaches didn't care. If you were late, you were getting fined. 
Yes. So it right. didn't matter. But that was awakening for me, just the cigarette part. And that was the first time I heard players cussing out coaches. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. And one of the craziest things, did this actually happened the year before I got there. But um, two uh, quick, quick stories, one from before I got there, one when I got got there, Mark Brunel. So one thing that you will learn when you get in the NFL, do not try to play jokes with people who have more money than you. And don't try to play jokes with with special teams play like these kicker, kicker, snappers, all of that stuff, because they have a lot of time on their hands too much to a plot. And Mark Brunel actually put a dude's uh, car up because they were doing con- construction around uh, around something near the uh, stadium. He actually got the construction crew to pick up a guy's car and put it up on the crane, like as the crane was all the way up. Wow. And and then they were gone for the day. So his car was up there the all, until the all day, next, all night, all day, all night. And and I remember me. Uh, so I wouldn't carry, I didn't, I didn't carry Kyle Brady's helmet in. Right. And so they decide that they were going to get, get me. And instead of fighting back, because I knew what they were going to do. So they, and they use the offensive lineman and a defensive lineman to, to do it. Cause they're bigger than everybody else. And if there's enough of them, you can't do anything. So I feel them all coming, coming at me. So I just laid on the floor. I was like, all right, I'm going to let you guys do do with me as you will. They taped up my my leg and my arms and basically hogtied me, right, and with with tape and then put me in a laundry basket and then took me over to the cold tub and dumped me in the cold tub. I swear I almost drowned, Rodney. <laughs> and, but that sort of behavior if you are a high schooler do not do this this is frowned upon you will end up in jail do not do any of these things we're talking about no don't do it don't do it in fact you know that i don't know when it started or stopped that it was outlawed to do that but it, it was while i was playing it was yeah. while i was playing that commissioned that the commissioner i think that was when goodell first got in and he was like no more of that pal no more of that. I mean, I'm talking icy hot in the in the jock straps and in yes. the helmets and you know not you know things that are Cast, worse, worse than that put in your helmet. Casting keys. Yeah. Ca- have you did, so they would put <laughs> so this happened to us some some guys. They would put their keys and use the cast m- material and Put it in a b- bunch of times, and then free, and then dip it in water, and then put it in the freezer. And it would be a bunch of, and it would be all the rookies' keys. This didn't happen to me because I got wind of it, and so I, so I made sure that my keys were somewhere where they couldn't find them. And they froze the key, they casted them, and then they froze them, and then, uh, and then the only way to get it out is to use one of those band saws that well one one of the saws that that they use for for a cast and except for the the way they orchestrate it is it just so happens to be on a day where the trainers are gone when we get out of meetings <laughs> so, so there was so, so you got to find a way to peel this thing open <laughs> it's it, it's a conspiracy times man. have changed george times have changed all right, we, we can't let the go the day go by without 
getting some cleansing in, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? We got to cleanse. We got to heal. We got to come together. We'll do that next. AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. And we continue on. We continue on. And it is that time. It is that time for us to all, all come together as we flex today on a hump day Wednesday. Man, Big George sitting in for Fred as he does his Olympic coverage. We still have to come together. And I'm going to do it right. Because it's 5 o'clock. And we know what Fred would do. So let me tell you how to properly do this segment. Today, for your pleasure, bringing you the haiku at two is our man Vic the Brick Jacobs. And Vic, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. Vic TV. Rodney, it's going to be a, a wonderful haiku because you always seek serenity and you, and you understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But now we want to lay down the vibe. It was doing a fabulous job filling in for Fred George Reister. George? Yes. You having a good time, George? Absolutely, man. I have... Uh, oh, they've welcomed me with with open arms and now i'm waiting on this on on the greatness that is the uh big the brick haiku haiku well you're deluded and i love that about you george <laughs> such wacky stories from training camp george i mean i'm surprised you're able to pull out of that man i mean that was to be tormented like that is insane it it didn't feel like torment at the, at the time. It just felt like it just felt like that was what it what it was. You wanted to fit in. Yep. Yeah. Craziness. And they didn't care who you were, Vic. You could be the number one pick, first round pick, highest paid player, whatever. They they made you pay your dues back then. I remember Barry Sanders carrying. Everybody's pads in from practice on a regular basis during training camp. Wow, it's amazing. The great Barry Sanders. Yeah. Well, I, for one, am very happy those sadistic rituals been, uh, have, have, have stopped. Yes. It was sadistic. 
Yes. A lot of times went way too far, Vic. Definitely. <laughs> that is definitely true. Basically, it sounds like a night on my old campus in, uh, in, in college. Ooh. Who wrote that? Oh. Oh. Hey, now. Ooh. I bet you that's some Whoa. stories there, Vic. A lot of use of, of adhesive tape and videotape. <laughs> Can only imagine. He's the executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. Please put your hands together. Show the love. It's Kevin Figures yeah, now. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Every single sound you hear comes from the audio enclave and the the vault of one Ronnie Facio. Ronnie! Yeah, it's time for clarity and serenity with King Flavana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am so immersed before we get to the high cool fellas in the Olympic coverage. I am watching stuff that I've never watched in my life. I was trolling through some of the, you know, the, the, the multi-channels, and I'm watching badminton. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was watching some, some badminton, and I'm going, whoa, this is wild. See him some Japan, China, badminton? And I'm going, this is nuts. How do they, how are they able to return that shuttlecock? Crazy. Crazy with the shuttlecock. And they dig it out. I mean, it's coming at you at like, what, 50, 60 miles an hour? And they dig it out, you know, this incredible object with a feather on it, and it's it just wild. Whack. Badminton. Also checked out some fencing. Which was not oh, quite nutty. All these sports, you, you, you don't see them for four, four years. And every four years, you, you watch them. You're going, wow, it's wild. I'm enthralled. I'm, uh, listen, I'm, I must admit I'm enthralled. And I'm, I want to give you know, special props to the land of the rising sun for pulling this thing off. Yeah. You know, amidst the pandemic. Uh, give it up. They had over 3,000 new cases of uh, COVID today, and still their hospitals are overrun. And yet, they're conducting these games with incredible dignity and grace, and I, I just wanted to give it up for Japan uh, just to pull this thing off. You know, the government's you know, un, under constant uh, you know, pressure from the people who you know, never wanted the Olympics, and yet they're putting it on, and it's just... It's, it's amazing to me. So I want to give Japan some props. Yes. And George, have you heard this, the haikus before? Yes, I have. Well, I'm bringing out the heavyweights, George. Oh, yeah. Come on. Busan. Oh! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Busan. Busan, George, one of, one of the top tiers. 
one of the top yes. tier haiku artists, okay. Busan, because we're really we're laying out the heavy the heavy heavy stuff this week for the Dodgers hated one series, and they'll yes. come back tonight. Got to get them back tonight, yeah. Vic. It was an aberration last night. Yes. I mean, let's face it. You know, Bellinger doesn't uh, doesn't throw it. It's a Sausalito in the eighth inning, and the Dodgers win that game. Yeah. We going to get back on track tonight, Vic? Oh, Beulah, man. Hell yeah. Beulah. Want to right the ship. Put in Beulah. Restore order. Dodgers three, Giants one tonight. Okay. You heard it here. Three, one. The games are tight because they're not really hitting. I don't see us mustering much offense, but just enough tonight. And Bueller will quiet the, the, the hated one's bats for seven. Get a little trining. Bring in a little Kenley. And boom. boom. We're back to two games back. I like it. So I'm looking at it. Well, it's haiku for you on this Wednesday, July the 28th from Busan. Here we go, George. Rodney, you're going to dig this one. Okay. It's strong. The plum trees are in bloom. The long night brings the dawn. My time has come at last. I'm feeling you. Time has come today. What's up? Yes. Yes. Yes, Vic. Go Dodgers, go. Yes. Time has come at last. Oh, Vic. You got the plums? Yeah. You got the plums in there? Uh, Vic, come on. I'm going to need that. Exactly. Got the plum trees in bloom. Got the long night into dawn. Oh, Oh, my goodness. And our time has come. Before I get to George and his reaction, Vic, I might need that one more time for the people in the back. Bruno Mas. The plum trees are in bloom. The long night brings the dawn. My time has come at last. I'm feeling you. Busan. Never disappoints. Busan. Never disappoints. Bringing out the heavy hitters, man. George, did you feel that? Did you yes, feel it? I, f- I felt it in my soul. Yeah, George. That's what I'm talking about. It, if if you don't feel it in your bones, then 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 you're not doing it right. I'm talking about it. Exactly. George, That's right. You just got to get into your soul and just, right, Vic. You just got to surrender and take it in. That's a great. It's a great word for accepting the haiku. Surrender. Surrender to the serenity. Surrender to the tranquility. It's all there. It's there. It's it's running amok, you know, in your body, mind, and soul. So the serenity's there. Hard to tap into it. It's hard to. T- I'm, I'm. Listen. I'm. I'm not lying. It's hard. It is. It's hard to tap into tranquility. Hey, hey, but Vic. If it, if it, mm. Hey, Vic. We we have a we have a special guest that wants to wants to chime in right now. Oh, beautiful. Hello, Vic. Hello, Vic. Rogaine? <laughs> yes, Vic. Listen, I just... Fred, I thought you were in the Olympic zone. Right. Now, I want to tell you something. I just... Hello, George, by the way. I just finished doing the Olympic zone. We just wrapped up. 
Ah, I'm going to drive home. I turn on the show. The haiku at two today came like at 512. That's fine. I'm listening to the haiku. Rodney gets excited. He's pumped up at Busan. Vic, you've used that haiku before. That very one. My time has come feeling you. That very haiku, Vic. You've used it before. Fred, you've been... Immersed in the Olympic zone a little too long. <laughs> no, Vic, I haven't. I, I'm I am, you, I I am not another badminton event. When you say Vic, you're not what? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not another badminton event, you know, on uh, CNBC. Do you know what I'm saying? Vic, first of all, I said Tokyo, not Tokyo, so I pronounced it correctly. So... I'm thinking you're going to be really happy that I pronounced it correctly, the only person to do it. I turn on the show. I hear Rodney. I know George is there. You deliver the Busan haiku, and you've done it before. Vic, the exact same haiku. I swear to you, you've done that haiku before. I have definitely quoted Busan, Fred, but in fact, my beloved bride, Yuko Sakamoto, and myself are watching the Olympic Zone and we were very, very happy yes. that you did do you. Tokyo. Yes. I said and your pronunciation. Correctly. And we said, Fred's no, got it. He's got it. No, I got it. I don't that, remember that, that one, it. though, Fred. I don't remember him doing that one before. Because Rodney, you don't mention Tokyo many times during the broadcast. But when you did, I did notice that nuance. And we were very happy. We said, Fred's got it. Fred's breaking away from the pack. He's going for accuracy. He's going for accuracy. Yes, Vic, I did. And please don't dismiss the original problem here. <laughs> Rodney, he has done that haiku. I don't before. remember it, Freddie. I don't either, Fred. Your mind is like a, a haiku steel trap. <laughs> yes. It is, Vic. I remember the haiku. Time. I so, remember that one. I just want so, to point that out. Do you have an, do So you have what does that mean, Fred? Fred, and so, so if he's used it. I do have another one. So what does that mean if, if, if he's going to call in after Olympic Zone and he wants another haiku? I am going to delve into my uh, classic haiku book, and I'm, I'm going to come up. Uh, All right, big wait, George. What I'm going to order them right now. I'm shifting seasons. You know, the haiku is all about seasons, and I'm shifting seasons. I'm in autumn right now. I'm going to. I am. I am shifting from autumn. Big wait. George, I'm in winter right now. Already done the haiku. Every day is supposed to be a different haiku. Yes. So we can come together, and that—that's he. We don't have repeats. One day he did a two in a row that he'd done in the past, and then he pulled one out from somebody. We don't know who it was. So, Nick, if you have one more haiku, would you please do it? So is there is there is there a punishment for a repeat haiku? <laughs> <laughs> Will I be taped to the goalposts? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll drench in, in Costa Mesa with the charges. Uh, we'll, we'll, we may drench your actually, sombrero. That be so bad. We may drench your sombrero with fire extinguisher fluid. But, but I don't. Re- I don't. I, I really don't remember that as as being used before, Fred. But I, you know, it's it's really it's, esoteric, Fred. I mean, Fred, Fred, it's it's one of the great haikus, number one. And we're yes. doing it to honor the Dodgers in the Hated One series at San Francisco. Of course, yes. 5.30, Tim Cates with the Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck. 
First pitch, yeah. 645 tonight, AM 570. But listen, I've come up with another haiku, Fred, because you've taken the time to call in and, and, and ask for another haiku. And this one's by Shiki, Fred, for you. Oh, you ready? Oh, look what you got, okay, Fred. Let's go. You got us a Busan and a Shiki. You know Shiki. Oh, my God. George Shiki is, one, is oh, again, a titan a of the industry. This is a bonus. Wind and summer and all my online writing. Papers blowing off my desk. I'm feeling you, Shiki. <laughs> that was new. That was new. <laughs> that was new. Yes, we never heard <laughs> blowing off the desk. You're right, Dick. That was new, and it does apply to the Dodgers Giants series. As you tied it in, I think there's great significance there, Vic. Yep. Well, I'm afraid you inspired that. You inspired a little bit of sh- a little shaky, little bonus haiku, and if if ever a day deserves a bonus haiku, it is today with Dodgers and the hated ones. As we go into round two of this, you know, a very critical, you know, three game set. Yes, but I'm confident. But right. again, I mean, I love Bellinger, but who was Belly throwing it to last night in the eighth inning? Well, what what what, what was going on there? Well, I was concerned that he was going to be head Max Muncy. That was a problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, it would be like Randy Johnson hitting that bird. That's oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, Freddie. Oh, man. It, it was, now you brought that. Well, it was, muy, it was muy loco out there, let's face it. But, yeah, we got to close the deals. It's very important. I think one-run games, yeah. we have a problem this year. We, we've got to turn that around the last, you know, 60 games. I, and I did not season. know. I just. I did not know. We lead the league in unearned runs. Yes. Dude. Is that right? Yeah. Dude, it, it, is, yeah. it is called the it is called finding a way to snatch defeat. For, I mean, yeah, to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But, uh, but uh, Fred, before you get, at, get out of here, we were talking about you earlier. Yeah. And, and I did not want to miss the opportunity since you are, are, are here. I heard that you are big with curling and the Olympics, right? And then the Winter Olympics. I am America's foremost expert on curling, George. Yes. Um, I I love curling. I okay. have curled. I okay. I want to. I don't know how. Hopefully, you you will have some juice. I will be the greatest ambassador of curling. It that that ever lived. I love the sport. It is my favorite yeah. winter Olympic sport to watch. So I'm asking you, Fred, in front of all of all of five seventies listeners. And I told yeah. Rodney that I would take him to go curling, even though we may be yeah. the only a, two black people there. He's got a curling spot in, in LA. <laughs> George is taking lessons. George George, you enjoy the, the sound of the sweet smack of the stone. And I can appreciate that as a man who admires curling. Uh, I can put you in touch with someone at USA Curling. Yes. And uh, you can make your case to be America's greatest curling ambassador. Yes. Is there a curling institute, like a curling academy that you can go to? Yeah, most of the curling academies or training centers are in Wisconsin or Minnesota. But they do have they do have curling uh, here. There's a Hollywood Curling Club. I uh, told you in Valencia as well. Wow. 
Uh, they curl, I believe, in Pasadena, if memory serves correct. So, yeah, there are places that you can curl here. And I told you, you right. a curling club as well, Fred, a Pacoima a curling club. They don't push it. There's no Pacoima <laughs> curling club. <laughs> I mean, take one straw the line. Uh, but, you know, one day, and it's much more difficult than it appears, and, George, you've done it so you know, and it does require a number of disciplines, but one day we can go out and try. That's what we'll do. We'll go out and try one day. Yeah, I am I'm in. I've done it. And just the, the – people don't realize the balance that it takes to be able to be in that weird cr- uh, crouch-down p- position and then – the uh, the balance to push off the finish and the form. Do uh, you have the yeah. form, George? You have the form down. Yes, yes, and then it starts with two separate shoes. Yeah, it does. And the thing about it is, it looks like two separate shoes. Is that what, is, it, is it right? Nick, it's two separate shoes. Glory and birth. That's what it is. <laughs> it, it, it's well, I didn't know there was a religious overtone to curling. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. No, but when you throw the stone or release the stone, it looks like you're just rearing back and firing it, but you're really not. You're not throwing it that hard. You're just trying to manipulate the stone at the very end with your wrist. And thus, because the ice is pebbled, the stone will curl. And that's why it's called curling. Well, we love it. We love it. Fred, thanks for jumping on, man, at the end. George, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Vic the Brick Jacobs, thank you so much. Dodgers pregame with Tim Cates is next. To a player got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say, To live and die in LA.